All right, Boz, we've got user submitted content today. You know what kind of show it's going to be. So the question is from a gentleman named Toyo. I believe I'm pronouncing his name properly. He's out of Tokyo, Japan. So very cool. Got some worldwide listeners or viewers yeah, happening. Yeah, right on. And his rough encapsulation of the question is, how do I introduce CrossFit to new people? CrossFit mm -hmm. right now is not super big in Japan, but it's growing. And then he has just a couple bullet points I'll summarize. I guess must be the things that he hears on a regular basis. High intensity, scary. Uh, Olympic weightlifting, scary. Gymnastics movements, doesn't really make any sense to people. Why do I need to do that? And then he'll hear some common things such as, I run for 45 minutes a day, so I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, my doctor says I shouldn't bend my knees too deep, you know. Um, I already have a workout routine and my favorite, why should I push myself until I die? Yeah, well, hey, I mean, I guess that's a, <laughs> I love that last that's a valid question. I want to make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> CrossFit, why should I push myself until I die? Uh, you uh, know, what's great. funny is, you know, these, um, you know, so he says CrossFit is not big yet in Japan, but it's growing. And these questions yep. almost have a very nostalgic feel, don't they? I yeah, mean, for sure. used to hear them all the time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think that's, uh, it is kind of interesting, you know, CrossFit's obviously pretty well understood in North America, parts of Europe at this point, you know, South America, a lot more so than it used to be in the past, certainly Australia. Mm -hmm. um, pretty cool to see that. Um, and yeah, it definitely seems that places kind of go through different stages. You know, there's kind of this cultural question of what am I getting myself into that until there's lots of people around you doing it can be kind of hard to see. And I, I empathize with that as a, you know, newer affiliate, you're trying to convince people that, hey, this is a really cool thing and you should be involved in it and that you're going to get so much out of it, but you don't want to force that and you don't want to come across as just a zealot right. because people, people do not tend to react favorably to being hit over the head with something. And, and um, maybe all they've seen from CrossFit is you, they walk in excited. At the, yep. Then they see the end of a class with everyone laying on their back, yep. hyperventilating. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on a I second. Thought you, I thought you said this was healthy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think there's a few strategies for that, especially when you're in a place where the culture isn't necessarily um, going to seek out something that's like high intensity and really hardcore and, and things like that. Um, you know, those of us that have been around CrossFit a long time, you recognize that hard is always going to be relative. And if you're in the hands of a good coach and a good facility, there's going to be a, a huge range of interpretation for what that looks like. And, right. and they'll find an access point. But the average person isn't going to understand that initially. So you're going to need a way to bridge the gap. And I've got a couple of strategies um, that I think would be a great kind of stepping stone. So I don't know where you want to start, Pat. You want to start with uh, some of those? Or is, is there something else that you wanted to address up front? Yeah, I know. I think that's a good one, you know, because again, getting back to just his simple question, how to introduce new people to CrossFit. Yep. I'll tell you, you've got strategies, which might be a nice play off of what I have. I'm just a big explaining the why to people like why did why do we do what we do? Why does it look a little bit different than maybe what you're accustomed to? And why are those differences actually beneficial? And none of those things might be quick, so to speak. They might require a cup of coffee and somebody's attention for 10 to 20 minutes. But I think once you lay that out, 
it's really tough to argue with the logic as to you know why we do what we do, and then the light bulbs kind of go off. So why don't you start, and, and maybe you can yeah. run the whole way, and then I'll take it over. Makes sense, sure. I'll, I, you know. I'll, I'll hop in. Well, and I'll offer a bit of a counter. I, I almost see it as what you just outlined may work for some personalities that are more analytical and are a little bit more interested in mechanistically what's happening. Yes. But in my experience, those people are few and far between, and they're not the general public. They're not the average person that just wants to come into the gym and, and get healthier. To me, sure, this is a, bit of a, yeah, yeah. a chicken and egg question. And in my experience, I feel the worst thing you can do is try to convince people or try to hit them over the head too early with this kind of depth of method. Mm-hmm. It's certainly there, but I feel that people have to be receptive to it before it becomes something that repels them. So I, I agree with that. And I, and I would liken that to like nutrition. You know, like somebody exactly. has to be interested in learning about it because if you just try to yep. force it on them, it, it ain't going to go well. And I will also say, I don't know if I've ever tried to talk somebody into doing CrossFit. Yes. You know, kind of like, hey, if you want to, great. Hit me up with whatever you need. If you don't <laughs> want to, here. have a blast. I don't really care yeah. what you do. Um, so, yes, agreed. And and then as far as introducing new people to CrossFit, there's the old tried and true Greg Glassman approach, which is you just simply say to them, what are you doing tomorrow at 9 a.m.? Yeah, and I love that approach. And that's very similar to what my recommendations are. So number one, don't try to convince anybody of anything. Not initially. It's just going to come off as a hard sell. People don't like that. It's, you know, mm-hmm. unless they are explicit in asking for why should I do this, don't offer it up. Let them draw that conclusion and get invested in the method on their own. And so the most important thing that you can ask from people in the beginning is time. Mm-hmm. Give me time. I'm not going to convince you of anything. I just want you to show up and experience it. Give me time. Give me, and it starts with, hey, exactly what you just said. What are you doing tomorrow? Why don't you show up at the gym? I'll show you around the facility. You'll get a workout in and it'll be fun and leave it at that. And if you can get that much time, then the conversation becomes, hey, that was a pretty cool 45 minutes or however long the session was. What do you think about doing that again in a couple of days? And you try to get that much time. And then maybe it's, hey, just stick with me for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. Just two weeks. And if you hate it, great. No hard feelings. You know, there's, I'll, I recommend uh, another spot down the street that you might like training at better. Maybe that's a commercial gym or whatever, um, you know, but just give me, give me a couple weeks. And, and if you don't like it, then, um, then no big deal. And let them slowly dip the toe in until eventually there's that little spark of interest. We're like, wow, wait a minute. This is something that I'm not accustomed to, both in the way it makes me feel, both in the way that it uh, uh, has this underpinning of a philosophy behind it, mm-hmm. um, in the influence it can have outside. But but those things have to be drawn out naturally, in my opinion. So don't convince. Get time. Those are the most important things. And that time might be a little bit in the beginning. That's fine. Don't squander it by by yakking at the person. Get them in the gym doing stuff. Instruct them well. Let them have fun with it. And then get a little bit more time. Love it. That's and my starting. Those are my two starting points. I got more, but that's great, the starting point. And great starting points because CrossFit really does need to be experienced. And a lot of the lingo yes. and things won't make sense until you kind of you kind of get in there. So you've got it. I think I think this might be good that we've got two different approaches because you've got that get in there. Let me walk with you, jog with you, make this happen. 
And then I'd like, I'm going to sprinkle people with some, once ideally that individual, if they do ask a question or two, some good ways to explain things that aren't full of just technical jargon that might shut somebody off. So you can actually root it in. This is why, and this will literally help you. You look at the world differently starting tomorrow. And what we're doing is going to help you, you know, rocket yourself forward. So, you know, my short elevator pitch, if I had it on a CrossFit shirt or something like that, and, you know, somebody said, ah, CrossFit, you know, my so-and-so I know does that, you know, what is it? It's, I never used to give them a big thing. I would just say it's it's the most fun and effective strength and conditioning program in the world. That was it. Nothing more. It was I literally like you lead with fun, right? I mean, hey, yeah. you know, I get it, uh, it, it because it's true. It's something. It's, it's kept my interest for you know a decade and a half or more. So, and if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't still be doing it. And then if that leads into, but then I shut my mouth. If that leads yeah. into more questions from them, I'm happy to keep talking but it's not going to go into a hard sell. Just like you said, it's just, that's it. And then you wait, is the interest there from the other side? Great. Now we're having a little dialogue and, and now we get to go somewhere. Um, but I, yeah. you know, and you nailed it. I'm, I'm personally very big on the why and explaining things and the knowledge is power and, and getting back to some of his questions about intensity being scary or Olympic lifting being scary or gymnastics movements. Does he make sense as to why I need to do those? And Doctor says I shouldn't squat below parallel and all those good things. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- I do think it it can be helpful if you do talk to these people or they open the door. People love to tell you what their goals are, right? You know, ask them mm-hmm. what their goals are, and they're probably going to be a small handful of commonalities that that come either they're interested in sports and they'd like to be better at that. Maybe um, injury prevention, rehab. They just want to get in better shape. They want to lose weight, or they just want to live a long, healthy life. That's it. I mean, those are probably some of the very common ones. And the good thing is every single one of those that I said shares the same answer, which is, which is not what you would want to say to somebody, which is constantly varied function was at high intensity. That blah, blah, blah makes no sense to somebody, but they all lead to the same road, which is CrossFit. And it mm-hmm. is what they're actually going to do, see, and experience when you get them in the gym. So the good news is, if you understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, it, you're prepared for almost any goal that they're going to throw at you because the mm-hmm. prescription works and it's scalable and can be modified. And so that's good. So I, of course, am long-winded and I'll throw it back to you. I'll chat here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we agree in, in that step. So, you know, my first step, don't try to convince anybody, just get some time, try to use that time wisely and make it fun, let them get, you know, a taste. Then I think it's trying to bridge the gap and impart to them the idea that what you're doing in the gym is going to have influence outside. I think a lot of people in their mind don't ever consider that when they're coming from a real traditional fitness background. I go to the gym because it's something I'm supposed to do to make me healthy. Okay, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But wouldn't it also be cool that that time that you're going to spend anyway because you just want to, quote, get healthy can also positively influence the stuff that you can do when you're at your home or when you're, you know, with your kids Mm -hmm. or if you want to pick up a recreational activity? It's priming you for all of these things. You're going to be spending the time doing it anyway. It might as well have some, some, you know, side benefits. One of the things I think about kind of in that same regard, it's a, it's a crude analogy, but, but bear with me. 
you know, most people have a day job. They go to work, they put in their time, they work hard, they come home, etc. And, you know, a lot of people find a lot of value in the work that they do. That's great. I hope everybody does, you know, that ultimately they have something that uh, both provides them structure in their life and allows a good outlet and all those types of things. But hey, wouldn't it also be cool if by going to work, you got something out of it that could affect your life outside? Guess what? You got a paycheck that comes in and it can allow you to do things like pay mm-hmm. your bills, like buy things that you'd like or that you'd want. It has these side benefits that don't have much to do with the thing itself. You show up to work, you have to do the job, you know, et cetera. But there's something else that is unrelated to the work that you can take away from it and apply elsewhere. It's the same kind of concept. I've got to be in the gym anyway. We know that exercise is going to be healthy. It sounds like that culturally is pretty accepted. It's just the type of exercise and the style, it's not quite understood why CrossFit would be a good fit. Okay, fine. Well, hey, you're going to be doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. Why not engage in something that allows for the spillover into other aspects of your life? And that starts to answer a lot of those questions. Why do we do these other things? Well, because learning these movements is going to have a huge benefit to what you can do outside the gym. You can almost couch every single one of those questions. Why do we do gymnastics movements? Why should I learn the snatch, et cetera? It's like, well, because if you get better at that, the stuff that you're doing outside is going to be just kid stuff by yep. comparison. Agreed. And, and ideally, if that does lead to some little you know, chats, you know, getting back to his, uh, some of the points that he hears regularly, if people are, you know, I'll start with, let's see, the one that he said was gymnastics. I think it's important yep. to let people know you know, defining your terms is important. If, if, if people hear gymnastics, they think about the Olympics, and then you're going to be teaching them the Iron Cross. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, what we're talking about. You're not doing a floor routine like Simone Biles, you know, we're, we're just well, talking and, and about. Let me, yeah, let me stop it right there. I would say that the average person coming in, they're not even going to use the nomenclature sure. gymnastics until you feed that to them. So right. you can be selective about when you decide to use language such as that, Yes, so that you sure. don't have that kind of off-putting um, image in somebody's mind right away. Yeah, and just let them know when, when or if that does come out, the movements that you'll see done in the gym and in these workouts, we're just moving our body. We're just controlling our body. Yeah. It's really tough to argue, you know, because one of his questions was, you know, I don't even see the need for gymnastics. Why would that even make sense? And the question, you know, and then the answer is, it's literally just moving and controlling your body. And, and I think there's very few people that would be like, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in the ability to move and control my body on planet Earth. I don't see any utility or function to that. And so whether you're young or you're in sports or you're old and looking for like fall prevention and strength, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, there's going to be the answer is yes. Well, yeah, okay, now that you say that, that does sound like something that I should be able to do and do well. Yep, gotcha, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bought in. And you can play that same game of, I'm just a big fan of oversimplifying almost anything. Mm. You can play that same game with, um, what was the other one that you said? You know, Olympic weightlifting, super scary. Mm-hmm. I get that. You know, if, if, if people see in the day that they walked in, massive clean and jerks and snatches happening, and they're like, whoa, what's happening here? Just kind of let them need, you know, let them know that when we talk about weightlifting, we're just moving other objects, right? So it's not just your body, it's your body plus anything. Could be a bag of groceries, could be your grandchild, it could be the spare tire because your car broke down. It's just 
picking up and moving other objects and placing them where you think they should be on planet Earth, life demands that you do that. I don't care if you're shoveling snow, doing yard work. And so all we're going to do in the gym when we do, quote unquote, weightlifting, is we're going to strengthen your body in a way that's going to help you do those things better. And we're going to make sure that if any um, focus on technique on certain things would keep you safe and allow you to do work better in the real world, that's going to be a big focus as well. So now it's like, okay, yeah. I understand why I want to control and be able to move my body. Okay, now I kind of understand why I'm doing these other things and I can easily relate why a squat or a deadlift that you see in the gym mimics something that you're going to see in the real world. And then if you're talking about things that are you know, potentially scary, such as snatching, clean and jerking, or something like that, you can just let them know that all of those, you know, the big benefits of a strong midline, strong legs, an explosive hip opening, you're going to need that in life, you're going to need that in sports, and you can get those benefits of the Olympic lifts without a, a singlet, a pair of wooden shoes, and a lifting platform, like, and, and, at, a, and at a loading that wherever you are for beginner, intermediate, or advanced is well within your skill level and comfort zone, and the benefits are still there. You know, So I think a lot of these things that are potentially intimidating at first glance are intimidating because they're not understood, and they're not understood as to why there's value, and they're so dramatically different than what most people see in a regular gym that they're almost shocking, quite frankly. Yeah, well, and let me let me take this a different angle too. You, you're very pra pragmatic, and uh, you know, as a New Englander, I'm going to speculate about your um, family history. You know, like the puritanical roots. Okay. And okay. The the, the, <laughs> the relationship of things to like work outside the gym seem to resonate with you, and that's all great. Shoveling uh, snow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Shoveling, picking stuff up in the garden, <laughs> toiling. That's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I would also offer just on the other end of that, not trying to create a one for one type of scenario where like, well, look, this is going to have such utility for you to be able to work outside of the gym. But take it back to the fun factor of hey, wouldn't you like to learn to do that? Look at how mm -hmm. cool that is. You can learn to do that too. And that's really the message is, hey, it might look like it's a pretty fantastic achievement. And, and certainly for a lot of these things, it is. If you, you, know, you come in, you don't have a muscle up, you go through the process of learning to do that and you finally get good enough at them where you're like, man, I, this is so fun to do. Like I had that experience today where I was doing a set of muscle ups and I'm like, man, I just, I feel like I'm flying. Like, this is fun. That's cool. You know? Um, but imparting that to somebody that for no other reason that, yeah, there's all these benefits that we just talked about, but oh. it's fun to learn new things and it's fun to instill a physical curiosity in people and anybody can do that. Like it doesn't matter what your starting point is. You can adopt some of these skills and how cool is that? So that's, I think, one of the, the most important elements to try to spark within somebody is, yeah. You're right. That does look hard. And you're right. It is hard. But you can learn to do it too. And how cool is that? And how cool would it be to be able to do that? And it's not, uh, it's not boring. You know, you're saying fun. Yeah. The other, you, know, it, <clears throat> you know, something can be fun once and then it's not fun the next time. I, <laughs> if something is, doesn't keep my interest, I'm going to just drift. I mean, so, and I right. remember back in the day of 
chest and tries, back and buys, like, you know, the old classic bodybuilding stuff that I did as a teenager and, and a young adult and did for a long time. I remember routinely, I don't know, I just get bored and my friends and I, we just, there'd be like three weeks that we didn't work out. And they're like, ah, we should probably get back to the gym. And then we'd hit mm-hmm. it hard for a few months. And then it'd be like a month lapse. Like that was super common. It was uncommon that all of us were like, yeah, I haven't missed a day in 10 years. Like that was, that didn't happen. <laughs> With CrossFit, yeah. I mean, just thank goodness that it works, but also like you're saying that it's fun and that it's not boring because it has kept my attention and has kept me in the gym because of those factors for about 16 years, missing each year, only a really, really small handful of workouts. I would say, I don't, you know, maybe one a month, maybe, mm, even if wow. that, you know, so, I mean, it just, it does, well, it, I don't have to be in the gym 90 minutes to two hours sure. either, right? Yeah. So there's, yep. it has eliminated a lot of the excuses. It's fun. It's not boring. It works. I don't need a lot of time. I don't need a lot of gear. It's just a lot easier to do the darn thing and to do it over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And if you get yourself into something that you are suddenly doing consistently and weeks turn into months, months turn into years, then good things really, really happen. Then when you don't have those, well, I was really into it for six weeks and I lost interest for two months. That's yeah. not a road to success, quite frankly. Sorry for yep. that, that rabbit hole there. No, no, no. So I'll, I'll get back to kind of my, my hit list here um, just to keep repeating it a few times, you know, number one, don't convince anybody of anything. Uh, let them draw those conclusions. So time is the most important ask up front. Um, you know, once you've got them in the door, then it's, it's trying to frame things in a way of, Hey, the, the stuff you do here is going to have benefits outside. And I don't think you have to be specific about that. I don't think you have to, you know, tie it to something mm-hmm. like you were saying, yard work or whatever. Fine. If that resonates for them, great, but it, it can be non-specific. And then kind of in tandem with that, or maybe depending on the personality type, that's something that you lead with first is, hey, check out all the cool stuff you're going to learn to be able to do. And how cool is that going to be when you can do this stuff too? And I totally believe that you can do this stuff and I'm going to help you get there. I mean, who isn't going to be interested in that when it's framed in a way mm-hmm. that you have this really awesome path laid out for you um, and somebody's enthusiastic to take you down it? So. Those are kind of my big ones. Now, to add one more step to that, I think the death knell for anybody who's talking about CrossFit and trying to get somebody interested in is you got to shed any sort of defensiveness or reactionary uh, element when people want to debate with you to some extent or they don't understand why something is Mm -hmm. so useful or beneficial or whatever. Uh, or they they want to compare what you're doing to like, well, why can't I just go run around the block for 45 minutes? If you if you get defensive around that, if you have any sort of hang up, they are going to pick up on that immediately, in my experience, and it is going to be the hard wall that comes down and they're like, see, sure, this guy's yeah. he's just a reactionary. And uh, you know, he's just he's just somebody who's got a, a method to sell like anybody else. And um it's going to shut them down. So really it comes down to be nice to everybody and do your best to understand where they're coming from when you're starting to converse with them and try to take them to that next step. Any sort of defensiveness, any sort of debate, any sort of hard discussion like that is just going to be, for most people, the thing that turns them away. And that links into you shouldn't be 
if you're not trying to convince them, there's no need to get defensive because you're like, you know, hey, exactly. no worries, man. You want to yep. go run around. And every time you said reactionary, all I could think of was that big Lebowski line, you know, that <laughs> it was a real reactionary. <laughs> the police chief of it. <laughs> Chief Police of Malibu. <laughs> uh, so uh. I will, I will say, you know, he mentioned at one point in time uh, the common thing you hear from the doctor: you shouldn't squat below parallel. You're just mm, going to immediately yeah. need double knee surgery or whatnot. And and that reminds me of a good mutual friend that we have, Mr. Joseph Alexander. Ah, uh, yes, his uh, a national a national treasure. And so, I, I absolutely agree. His father is a physician and, you know, Joe is not a physician. And so it doesn't matter how much Joe knows about working out nutrition. His mm. dad's a physician and, you know, old school physician will always think that he must know more. And Makes so sense. Joe caring about his dad <laughs> and seeing his dad, you know, increase in years and, and uh, not, he could see the decline, classic CrossFit mm -hmm. stuff, quite frankly. He's like, look, I think we need to get you doing some things that are really, you know, going to help you, you know, more than what you're currently doing. I think he was just a jogger, like a lifelong sure. jogger. Yeah. And so Joe wanted to get him squatting because he understood the, the power and the value of squatting. And so unfortunately, he articulated that to his dad, like, I want you to squat. Father heard the word squat, immediately was against mm -hmm. it. Doctor said, no, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it. And Joe's like, ah, and Joe, God bless me, goes, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. He go, I think he wanted him to do something like um, short runs, squats, short runs, squats, something like that. He goes, here's what we're going to do. What if you run to whatever, the fire hydrant and back, and when you come back to the garage here, I'm not going to have you squat, but what if I break out um, a chair and you just sit in the chair and you stand up 15 times, and then we do that, we do that for 10 minutes. His father was like, oh, yeah, that sounds fine. <laughs> so yeah, I could because, do that. Because... <laughs> How you know? Sure. Just, I do. I sit in a chair every day, and so yeah. basically well, tricked him into squatting without him realizing that he was squatting, and that opened the door to later yeah. on. I think he kind of let him know about the ruse that he played on him, and it's like, well, what's the difference if the chair wasn't there and you were just controlling the bottom position? His father was like, mm -hmm. hmm, maybe there's not one, and that you know, just so like the right yeah. tool for the right job, and the, you know, then the right person, the right whatever. So, well, was, it's. It, I, I love that story. And I think that that's one that is echoed by many of us, like many times over, right? Where you just, you're trying to find a way to kind of just crack the door open mm -hmm. enough so that that thought process begins. But, you know, on top of that, um, oh boy, I just lost my train of thought completely. I was thinking about Joe and I was thinking about squatting and now it's wow. <laughs> I can keep, keep talking if we need to. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I guess um, the the thing that I would come back to in that instance, if you're having people that are pushing back, I got it now. It's back. Um, if if they're pushing back against things like, well, I heard this technique is not safe, and mm. you know, I'm not sure, etc. That's one of those things that really what you're asking people for is is a confidence in you. And that is something that you have to develop over time. And so, again, if you come at that as, hey, I heard the question is, I heard uh, it's dangerous to squat below parallel and you fire back. Well, no, it's not. Those people are misinformed. OK, you've got a conflict now and they can either choose to adopt your side of the argument or not. It's unlikely that you're going to find resolution in that, though. But getting back to my first kind of ask of time over time, if you have proven yourself to have their best interest in mind, meaning you teach them how to do these things 
with really good eye for technique and it's obvious that you care about their safety and it's obvious that you're invested in their progress that question of is coach going to ask me to do something dangerous right. almost becomes a non-issue because you've already instilled in them that no like i'm, I'm here for you mm-hmm. this is my job is to make sure that you get in the door you get an awesome experience and the workout that you need and you leave and the rest is up to me and that starts on day one. And so, yeah, it, it really is about that building of trust, making it completely obvious through action that you have their best interest in mind. And then when the time comes to learn a technique like the squat, even if they have reservations about it, you're like, hey, you know what? I hear you, but we're going to teach you in a way that keeps you safe and makes you feel good about the whole experience. They'll trust you and they'll take that first step and they'll be able to see for themselves a lot more so than if he didn't have that built up. So anyway. Links back very much to something we've said in the previous episode, at least one episode about one of the most important aspects of a coach is caring. Yeah, exactly. And and they can tell when you care about them through your actions, through your words, through your knowledge base, through the whole nine yards. I'll touch on one more thing since he asked a couple specific things. So I'm going to think these are things that he's heard or hears regularly enough that he put them in the question. Okay. And uh, the two are linked together. One is high intensity being scary. And then Mm -hmm. my favorite question, why should I push myself until I die? (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So I love it. Again, I think it's a great (laughs) t-shirt idea. So my... You know, you could you could talk about intensity in whatever level of uh, nerdness or nerdness you didn't want to have. And I would say if you want to arm yourself with some knowledge about intensity, if you haven't done it already, listen to very not random number 47, because we're all about intensity in that one. So you can get a full episode on that. But then the short answer is if somebody says to me, says to me, why should I push myself until I die? I will say, I don't want you to do that. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, this, right. they will just yeah. put that fear to bed right there. Yeah. That might be a, a misinformation campaign or you saw something, I, whatever it is, that's not what we're going for. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that you are, you know, in control and safe, you know, basically the same things that you said. And then we're only going to progress at whatever rate, loading, you name it, that makes sound, rational, safe awesome sense for you and and, yeah. and that's that and and you know i'm going to push you a little bit but not more than you should because you know a, a little bit of push is needed to drive a little bit of adaptation mm-hmm. but i'm not looking to wreck you and beat you up so that you can't walk and you don't want to come back and you had a terrible experience like that's not helping anybody out so and don't yep. get me wrong i've done both i mean i <laughs> i have you know back before i was you know, credentialed, uh, or a little more and, nuanced. Back, yeah. Back before you had, yeah. A little rough around and, the and, edges. And just, there was a bunch of us knuckleheads. And we first, you know, got onto the CrossFit website in 2005 and didn't know what we were doing. Um, just a bunch of ex-military morons would just go into our garage <laughs> and just try to murder each other every day. You know, yeah. so I've, yep. and if a new person came in, we tried to murder them. I mean, that was, it was just the deep end of the pool for everybody. In hindsight, I look back and shake my head as to like, holy cow, I do things a lot differently right now, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we're not we're not trying to get anybody to to push until you die. High intensity is profoundly beneficial and infect and uh, effective, but that's 
just two words. And there's a lot more nuance and context that goes into, you know, high intensity doesn't mean maximal life ending intensity every day that you walk into the gym. Nope, that's that's not what we're doing. So yeah, I would absolutely. just communi- I would communicate that to people. And I would say that it's it's another thing that can be eased into. Um, when you have that time, you've got the time with people in the beginning, you you have to be judicious with the dose that you give them. And in the beginning, it's going to be probably pretty mellow. They're going to learn yep. a couple techniques. They're going to sweat a little bit. And then that's going to be it. And they're probably going to leave saying, oh, that wasn't so bad. Awesome. That was a say, very successful success. first session. Success. Yeah, exactly. You, you, they learned something. They had some fun. You know, they, they feel like they did a little bit, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this again. That's a win. Yep. So then you you repeat that step, you know, a couple of days later and a couple of days later and a week after that and a month after that. And then eventually they're five, six, eight weeks in and the intensity has found them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go looking for it. It's going to show up as they get more comfortable in the environment, as they get more comfortable with the movements, as they get more comfortable with you, the coach. These things will naturally emerge, and that's totally fine to allow that to happen. I joke, this is a little tangential, but you know, I, I've been doing jujitsu for a couple of years now, and it's fun to be in an environment where I am very much, you know, a novice. And I'm not at the top of the heap as far as my understanding of this thing. I'm not skillfully at anywhere close to being at the top of the heap. Um, but I have the benefit of training for a long, long time and understanding the value of the long view. Mm -hmm. And I joke all the time to the guys that I train with, like when I can't get a technique or it's just like, I'm having a rough day sparring or whatever. I'm like, well, I got the rest of my life to figure it out. And it's tongue in cheek, but I'm absolutely serious about that. And I think that's the approach that people have to take when they're trying to shepherd somebody through this CrossFit thing as well. It's like, Hey, you know what? You don't have to be burning it down today or next week or next month. You got a long time to get comfortable with both feet in the deep end. There's, there's another time for that. So don't rush that. Yeah. It's, you know, anyone who's been doing CrossFit for a while, probably if, if you think about like your most intense Fran ever and what that feeling was and how you felt prior for the next 10 to potentially 30 minutes afterwards. Ugh. If I had to feel that way every day that I walked into the gym, I would not do CrossFit. Yeah. I, I just Amen. I wouldn't. I mean, so the whole I'm not tough enough. I wouldn't make it. No. I mean, yeah. uh, so the whole and that's not fun every day. Yeah. yeah, like I would I would fill me with dread. So I think that that feeling or that potentially erroneous perception that high intensity is every single day you're just vomiting in yeah. the trash can negative. So that's you know, it's good just to kind of put people's fears to rest, come on in, we'll high five, we'll have a good time. You're going to actually enjoy this and we'll progress together. So, And and you can prove it. If you've had that first little bit of time and they come in and you did it right, they did the session with you. And at the end of that session, you can say, see, that wasn't so bad. And they can say, yeah, it wasn't that bad. You're like, perfect. This is all it's ever going to be, except you're just going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. See you tomorrow. And that's the trap. Yeah. and just like that you get your hooks in them that's right Uh, no i think that's i think that's about it that we have a whole bunch of different things from real life stuff to little pieces of knowledge if they do ask some questions and a crawl walk run approach i think i think that should do it so it's very cool to hear that 
you know, CrossFit's starting to spread over there in Japan. You know, we're just slowly yeah, taking over awesome. the world. Have you ever done a seminar over there? Uh, you know, I've flown through Tokyo a few times. I haven't had the luxury of spending any time there. I'd, I'd love to sometime, but I have spent some time in Okinawa. So not, that's, not that's, on the... I've uh, been there as well, but I haven't been to Japan. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a funny story, but anyway, that's a tangent. Anyway, yes. So <laughs> as, as always, uh, as we, we wrap these shows here, thanks, everybody. As you can see, we, we do read the comments. Uh, we screenshot them put them away for future use. We, you know, spitball them back and forth. Really appreciate this one here. I think it will serve a lot of people well. I think it's a common question that people I hear. Hope so. so hopefully you're armed with a bit more knowledge. If you're listening audio format, totally appreciate that. But if you want to get a comment there, go to the BTWB YouTube channel, go to this episode and post your thoughts. I mean, you hear what Adrian and I think right now, but you get to hear us run our mouths every week. We want to hear from you. So let us know what you think down there in the comments, either about this topic or if you have something else that you feel is worthwhile of being addressed, and we will put it in the folder. So thanks, everybody, for your support. For Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we will see you next time.